0: Welcome, once again, to the Run City Podcast. This is your host, Coach Brian Sider, and I'm happy to have you guys with me today. So, yeah, so I got through my first uh, couple episodes here, and uh, this is episode number three. You know, I just wanted to let the listeners know uh, the music that you hear in the beginning and the end of this podcast is actually a band that I used to be in uh, back in the 90s. Uh, it was like a punk ska band called Slush Fund, and, um, yeah, it was it was a pretty cool time. You know, we, we had a chance to put out a, a few records, records. You know, we, we did a few tours. So it was it was, it was was a good time back then um, when I was a lot younger and had a little less responsibility um, than I do now. Uh, but we broke up in like 1997. And uh, the, the only reason I mentioned that is, you know, it, it was always kind of neat to go through the creative process of recording records um, and being in a recording studio, which is something similar to what I'm doing now with this podcast. And, um, you know, it's just nice to, to be able to to have that creative side of me kind of come out again, yeah. So I hope you guys are enjoying the the first couple episodes. First one, like I said, was was a little bit choppy, but you know I got through some of the post production things and and just try to figure out you know what to do um, and and how to make it sound I guess as good as possible. The second one was was definitely an improvement, and I'm hoping that this one uh, will sound a lot better. So really, I just wanted to dive into a couple quick topics today. So I happen to notice that everybody's online and on Instagram showing off their new. Uh, Nikes um, you know Nike just released the alpha fly 3 um, which is a shoe that I've been running in since you know my probably my third marathon I switched over to running in Nikes and uh, and you know so it's been uh, what 14 15 marathons I've run so far and you know it's it's been a great shoe uh, I think the first version of the alpha flies were fantastic I think the second version of the alpha flies I didn't really particularly like that much so I kind of switched over to the vapor fly and uh, and then now they just came out with this new alpha fly which if you didn't see uh, you know there was a a runner who broke the world record uh, in those shoes Kipchoge also ran uh, in those shoes and they were like the prototype version of those but you know the thing that bugs me the most I guess out of all this is you go and you go to try and buy these things and so I got a notification on my phone I immediately went onto the app to buy them and they're already sold out Um, and so I'm sure everybody you know that's kind of half the gripe so half the thing is you know it's just like uh when you get that notification in the mail whether or not you got selected for a, a marathon lottery it's like half the people are super disappointed that they didn't get the shoe and the other half of the people are bragging about how they got the shoe and how fantastic it is either way i mean it's fine i just you know i it just it's just a little bit aggravating to go and you know want to kind of get that new version because i hear that those are similar to the the first version of the shoe which i thought you know, with all my training and all the runs and, and all the marathons that I ran in that shoe was the most uh, energy efficient shoe. It, it made my effort seem, you know, a lot less taxing, especially at the later stages of a marathon. And, you know, for somebody a little bit older, you know, I guess we all kind of need as many of the advantages as we can possibly get. So, um, yeah, so I'm, yeah, am I mean, am I yeah, my little, I guess, uh, disgruntled about it, I guess so. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're releasing a new colorway and a new uh, version of the shoe on the uh, I believe it's April 4th. Um, so I guess I'll have to tune in then and see what happens, see if I can get my hands on a pair. Um, I don't ha- really have any races coming up, you know, so it, it really doesn't matter to me if I have them or not. You know, it's just always one of those things. You have that FOMO of like, hey, what am I missing out on? This shoe seems really fantastic. and But, you know, it's kind of the same thing with everything these days. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, concert tickets. I mean, I'm trying to buy just for like some old bands. Like I try to buy some tickets to go see Aerosmith just because I've never seen it before. It's a band I've listened to since I was a little kid and it was like you know, they went on sale and 30 seconds later they were sold out and then everybody's trying to sell them for $700 a ticket. It's like, you know, it is Aerosmith in 2023 and uh, or 2024 and I just don't think it's worth $700 a ticket. So, you know, so I'm, I'm passing on that one but it seems to be the way with everything. It's like almost impossible to get some of these things and I'm sure there's a lot of bots out there that are, you know, kind of buying up stock and buying up all this stuff and and it makes it a little bit of a disadvantage for the person that's just trying to go online and, and pick up a pair um, or pick up a concert ticket uh, for something, you know. But uh, but at the end of the day, um, uh, what I really wanted to talk about was just kind of like some training things, uh, you know. So in the first episode, I kind of introduced myself, kind of told you what you know what my last couple years have been like, um, the ups and downs through all the injuries and all the different things. And I, my second episode was kind of like, what do you do to stay motivated during the down months when you don't have anything going on, But, you know, at the end of the day, like Boston Marathon training has already started, right? So some spring marathon training has already kind of kicked into full gear, people are starting to, to kind of get through and start their journey, uh, whether it's a Boston qualifier, or whether it's just a spring race that you're training for. Um, And then, you know, in a couple, a couple of weeks, you know, all those races are going to be, you know, kind of those like May, June races, you're going to start, you know, picking up your training for those, you know, after you kind of build up your base, and you kind of go through some some of the basics, you know, the next thing is to get into you know, kind of like the nitty gritty of training, you know. So, a lot of people do like follow like online training plans, and which are fine. I mean, some of them are good, um, some of them don't really give you all the information that you need. And typically, to get all the information, you have to purchase you know, the plan or purchase you know, or speak to like a coach or something along those lines. And they don't want to really give you, you know, it's like unlocking the secrets, like, there's any real estate secrets to to training. But, you know, so I like to, I always tell everybody, like, my advice is free, you know, my training costs money. But, you know, if you have questions, and you have, you know, things that you want to know a little bit more about, I'm always an open book to talk to, you know, it's just, it's just that when you get to the point where you're like, okay, I would like to hire a coach, and I'd like to have somebody guide me through this versus just kind of giving me a plan. That's where I come in. But up until that point, you know, just talking about running and training, you know, it's, it's just a, a free form. So so that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about today is just how to maybe get your plan started uh, once you do decide to dive into to run training. And then what are some things you can do along the way um, to help you get a little bit faster and stay injury free uh, throughout the process. So, you know, that's kind of the biggest thing, obviously, is, is that you want to be able to go through a training plan and not have to worry about, you know, injuries popping up, which, you know, it does happen from time to time, you know, at the end of the day, uh, if you do all the right things up front, you know, be less chance that that'll happen to you uh, during your training. So, um, so first things first. So, you know, you, you went through kind of maybe some of your base training, uh, you built up your foundation a little bit, you were able to, you know, get through four or five weeks of, you know, just keeping your base at 15, 20, 30 miles a week. Uh, and then from there you did some strength training, and now now you're ready to jump in, and you're ready to start your plan. So if you haven't done kind of the basic stuff yet, unless you've been training all along um, and you feel like you have a good base under you, you know, I would probably take the next few weeks to to do some of that work, like I mentioned in episode two. You know, now you're ready to start into your training plan, and you know it's like, okay, how do I start? So the first thing that I do uh, always my first week of training and you know the first couple weeks are always going to be boring right like there's not going to be any exciting speed work going on there's not going to be super long runs um, especially if you're training for a full marathon you know if you're doing 5k work or 10k work it's a little bit different but you know it all kind of falls along the same along the same line so so the first thing I do uh, when I start off is I keep my first Week easy. So I'm not doing any speed work. I'm kind of keeping the workouts all the same. I'm just doing easy running, which is 30 minutes easy. So I do five minute warm up. 20 minutes in my zone two heart rate, which you know on another episode I'm going to go through and talk about uh, heart rate and how I use it and why I think it's important to at least give it a shot for some of your workouts and then you know what how how it can be effective uh, throughout a marathon cycle. But for today, let's just assume you did uh, one mile easy warm up, or I'm sorry, five minutes easy warm up. You did. 20 minutes of easy running. So the warm up is like super basic, like you barely feel like you're doing exercise. Um, and then you start to run easy and do that for 20 minutes and then do like a five minute cool down so you know keep it to about 30 minutes first week of training i always take the monday off just to kind of set myself up for the rest of the week and then the rest of the week i kind of do that and then my first run uh, on the weekend is like a six miler so it's just something basic or seven miles whatever it ends up being and you end up putting in you know 25 ish Miles for the week, somewhere around there, depending on how fast you run, could be less, it could be more. But you know, just keeping things super easy. And then week two, I kind of start with a little bit of basic speed work, so there's nothing crazy. You're doing like 10 by you know, 10 by 30 second intervals. During those 30 seconds, you're you're kind of pushing yourself to an all-out effort. So it's gonna be you know maybe not a sprint but something close to it like a 9 out of 10 effort um, and you're going to push yourself for that and then with a 230 2 minute 30 second recovery in between so that would be like a tuesday run so monday would be an e- another easy run like maybe the second week would be 5 minute warm up 25 minute run and a 5 minute cool down so it's now 35 minutes as opposed to 30 and and then i tuesday would be like my speed workout day and then the rest of the week similar to the previous week is all easy running. um, And then Sunday, you know, the mileage would bump up like another mile on your long run if you do your long runs on Sunday. So it'd be like a half mile warm up, and then like a six or seven mile long run and then a half mile cool down. If you notice that I, on the Sunday long runs, I do miles, um, not necessarily miles and pace, but I do miles and heart rate versus time and heart rate. And I think it's important to you know, to kind of keep track of your longer runs by by miles versus time. So that would be like your second week. And then the third week, kind of start kind of like a, a, a run on a Friday with a faster finish. So Monday, same thing, easy run, you know, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it ends up being. And then Tuesday would be another speed workout. It'd be like 12 by 30 seconds, as opposed to 10, or maybe you bump up to like 14 by 30 seconds, whatever it is. And and then with the 230 recovery, doing a you know five minutes warm up, a 10 minute easy run, and then you do your 10 by 30 intervals or your or your 12 or 14 by 30 intervals with the 230 recovery, and then like a five minute cool down afterwards. So that would be a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday would stay easy. Friday then would be like what I call like a, a run with a faster finish at the end or a fast finish run. So you're running five minute warm up, say 20 minutes in your zone two or as an easy run. And then the last to start off with, the last five minutes would be more like your tempo pace. And if you don't know what that is, think of like if you've ever run like a like a 10K or something a little bit slightly faster than a 10K, like that would be uh, the pace that you'd wanna run that last five minutes in. And then there is no cool down on that run, so you wanna finish strong. The biggest thing is if you wanna practice You know, if you want to finish a race strong, my belief is that you have to practice finishing strong in your runs uh, throughout training, or else it's going to be hard to know what it's like to push yourself. Um, And those, so that week is kind of like a typical week. Then Saturday would be an easy run, and Sunday would be back up to like an eight, you know, eight or nine mile long run, and then the fourth week. Is like a a down week So even though you haven't done too much up until that point Like it's not like you put in You know 50 or 60 or 70 miles at that point You know it's good to take every Fourth week I like to do as a recovery week Where you just kind of like you know, you've had some adaptations now. You've had a couple of weeks of speed work. You've had a fast finish run. You know, you're doing some things besides just easy running. So now it's time to just kind of take it back a little bit. But when you do a, a down week, you know, make sure that you're still, you're you're not taking out all of the hard efforts just make them a little bit shorter so instead of like 14 by 30 seconds maybe go back down to like 9 or 10 by 30 seconds so that way you're you know you're you're making it easier than it was the week before so the mileage is just reduced essentially but the effort of some of the runs stays the same, so um, so that would be you know the first four weeks of training. So first week all easy runs. Second week you really introduce just a, a very basic speed work, and you know depending on how many days a week you're going to run. This is based on running a six or seven day a week plan. Um, if you're only going to run four days a week, then try and keep your Tuesdays and your Fridays set. Uh, if you're doing your long run on Sundays, keep your Tuesdays and Fridays set so that you can do a speed work on Tuesday and a tempo or fast finish run, or a fartlek run, or something that involves some intermittent speed mixed in on a Friday, so that we have a couple of days in between. If you're only running, you know, four days a week, you could do, I don't know, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and then the other days in between, if you have 15, 20 minutes, a half an hour, you can do some strength and conditioning work just keep it really basic. Like I was talking about in the the second episode. So that would get you through the first four weeks of training and, you know, and then you kind of build from there. So depending on what you're training for, so people are training for Boston, you know, right now after the first four weeks. I would be putting in, or within the first couple weeks, I'd be putting in some hill workouts because obviously we all know you got those rolling hills towards the end of the, the Boston Marathon. You know, it's like you got to make sure that you're practicing um, what what you're doing specific to race day uh, as you start your marathon plan. So it would start something similar to just your normal speed work. So it'd be like 10 by 30 seconds, but on a hill. Um, and it doesn't have to be crazy. You know, it doesn't have to be super steep, but you just sprint up the hill jog your way back, wait your two minutes, 30 seconds, sprint up the hill, jog your way back. Um, and it's just getting your body used to, you know, what that feeling is. You know, it helps you build up a little bit of lactate in your blood and um, and, and then dissipate uh, and, and get rid of that lactate. So you're also pushing up your lactate threshold levels, which if, you know, if you're not into the science behind running, which I am, I like to study all that stuff, then it may not make much sense to you, but like to be successful in a marathon, You have to make sure that, you know, you're you can hold off the buildup of lactate in your bloodstream for as long as possible or else it'll automatically kind of get you to to want to start to slow down if you have too much lactate. So um, so doing some of these like sprints and, and some of these things uh, until you get into the longer intervals will be, you know, that would be kind of the key in the beginning. And then when you get into the longer intervals, you'll be able to sustain those uh, for the whole duration of that, which, you know, some go, you know, four or five minutes where you're running at faster than you know 10k pace so you're running 5k pace or maybe even a little bit faster than that for like a four minute or a five minute uh, interval Um, and those are way at the end of training which you know longer intervals more specific to your race shorter intervals least specific to your race and that's why I do those up front and then I kind of build that into the plan so you know if you're if you're trying to get through you know the first few weeks of training that's how I approach it so it's it's easy. Once again, start to introduce just a little bit of speed work on one day, the second week, the third week, Introduce speed work again, um, just up the intervals, and then towards the end of the week, you know, get two recovery days in. So get two easy runs in Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday is going to be like a a run with like a tempo pace, fast finish at the end for like five minutes, uh, and then Saturday could either be a rest day or it could be an easy run, and then Sunday, you know, bump your long run up, you know, seven or eight miles, and then the following week is a is a rest week. So that would be the first four weeks of training. And, uh, and so on the next episode, I'm going to talk about how to build from there and what to do, you know, after that. So training for Boston, you know, training probably started about three weeks ago, depending on how long you want to train for. So you should already be a few weeks into your plan. So, um, but if you're training for something like our local race, which is the Buffalo marathon, you know, that training technically doesn't start until February 5th, but you know, in this, in this. Period of time. If you want to get a little bit extra time in marathon plan wise, you can always uh, start your plan now and kind of follow that rule of that. And then in the four weeks till your other training starts you'll be able to build up your base a little bit more. So, you know, just keep that stuff in mind. Uh, And then on the next episode, like I said, we're going to talk about basically how to build after the first four weeks. So the first four weeks are going to be a little bit on the boring side. It's not going to be a ton of work to do. Uh, Your mileage is going to be a lot lower. But really after that first rest week, uh, when you come back to week five, that's when things really start to pick up and then they don't really stop until, you know, until race day. So there will be some recovery days in there and there will be some maybe a rest day, complete rest day, uh, depending on what plan you're on. And also, too, you know, if you wanted to check out, you know, my training, um, you can go to the website. It's www.runcityesf. Dot .com so it's runcityes um the esf stands for um Ellicott square fitness so when i took over the gym like i had mentioned in episode 1 the name of the gym was elka square fitness run city is my business and i kind of implanted that into the gym that i took over so there it's kind of like two different entities but it's all one gym uh, so the gym is elka square fitness uh, my particular training is through run city and that's where obviously i got the name of this podcast but yeah, so runcityesf.com. Go to uh, run training and you can look through the different plans and And uh, if it's something that you're interested in, you know, and you wanted to sign up for for a training plan, shoot me a message uh, on my Instagram. My Instagram is at Coach Brian Runs, and you can check that out and, you know, drop me a line through there and let me know, you know, if that's something that you might be interested in. If you just want to even have a conversation about training, um, I'm more than happy to pick up the phone and and talk to any of the listeners out there uh, that might want to just have a conversation about how to get started, what to do, maybe something a little bit more specific than what i just mentioned here you know and then we'll kind of we'll kind of take it from there and see how it goes um but yeah so hit me up let me know what's going on let me know how your training's going drop me a line uh follow me on instagram check out my website do all that fun stuff and uh you know here's the uh outro music um this was uh, a song that we recorded back in like it was like our last record that we recorded and this is probably one of my favorite Slush Fun songs that that we ever recorded. So hope you guys enjoy it. Talk to you soon.